0: Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest, Callan the Rockstar Potter, of course, hit a breakdown in Eternal MMA 80, which happened at HBF Stadium in Perth, October 28. It was a cracker of a card. Quillen Sauer killed defending his lightweight championship against Brett Pastore. Now, I mean, do hit up Eternal MMA if you want to find out the results and see some photos and clips and whatnot. But uh, look, if you're new to this hit back. It's just going to be about 45 minutes of two grown men talking about one of the best cards of the year, uh, and where to from here. Now, uh, Callan the Rockstar Potter, if you don't know, uh, ex-UFC fighter, been around the regional circuit for a very long time, and knows just about everything there is to know about mixed martial arts in Australia. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Callan the Rockstar Potter. Oh, uh, just jumping back in here uh we talk about eternal mma 81 uh and as of about four seconds ago uh the paul loger and alan philpot is off alan philpot had to pull out due to illness uh not his decision his coaches pulled him I do not believe Eternal uh, has found a replacement. Although, they have pulled off many miracles before. Anyway, it's still a great show. MMA 81 check it out. It's going to be amazing. EternalMate.com, uh, I think, for tickets or UFC on Fight Pass. Anyway, see you later. Ladies and gentlemen, joining me on the show, the one and only Callan, the Rockstar Potter. Mate, welcome.
1: We're starting off strong, Mitch. What's the... Uh, is it your birthday? No. What a, just what a time to be alive. Not only are we in the midst of a couple of amazing eternal cards, but it is the the man's birthday today. All right? The, the Sultan of Sour, the godfather of Grumpy, Daniel Kelly's birthday today. Really? It is. We have to pay tribute. Get rid of that now. I've had enough of that. That skit's done. He's, um,
0: he's 57.
1: I have no idea. He's like one of those Cuban guys, mate. You don't quite know what his age is. Yeah. And uh, I don't do much for him, but I'll see how many times I can give him a side swipe during the uh, during our conversation today. That's that's my present to him.
0: And before we get into uh, the fights, I will touch on some some Daniel Kelly. Uh, did he did his UFC career surprise you?
1: <laughs> oh, mate, you just you're just throwing up uh, Ali Oops for me straight off the bat. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it greatly. Um, I'm surprised when that man gets out of bed with great success, mate. So, uh, yes, the short answer to that is, is yes. It's a big Evans. View, everyone, was, everyone was surprised. Anyone that's ever tied up or done any sort of movement with him wasn't all that surprised. That's probably the <laughs> nicest way of putting it.
0: Now, mate, we have to give, I mean, credit where credit is due. Eternal put on an incredible show. That is one of the, look, a, a, a month to go heading in. I I knew it was going to be obviously a a good card that like Eternal always has a good card regardless, but it wasn't anything to write home about without the Quillen Southkill title bout. Yeah, I don't think Wes Kappa was in yet. It was just it was going to be a nice Australian flyweight championship bout with some some nice other fights, and it was going to be like amazing, like good good Eternal card to sort of round out the year nearly. And then they just brought some bangers, and I reckon it was one of the best cards of the year of any promotion.
1: Uh, spot on, group. It was amazing. Like I said, the card itself had had the formula to look that way. But how many times we've we seen that at the, at the highest level, where the cards look amazing and they sort of fizzle out, mate. All these just came and produced. It was just not 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 all of them were teeth to the grind bangers. No. Some of them were very strategic, but just great, great MMA from start to finish.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's important. Like if you're a if you're a let's just bleed, let's bang, maybe you didn't think that was the best card. But in terms of narrative, in terms of solving puzzles, in ter- terms of seeing where people were at, um, I really I put it in maybe top three um cards of the year. I mean, and thirty uh three thousand one hundred people in HBF Stadium in, in oh, Perth. Geez. I mean, it's and if you see the photos of Eternal, like it's it's getting bigger like they're, they're obviously I think HPF Stadium I think can fit I don't know I'm gonna say maybe seven or eight thousand I don't know if that's true but they're slowly starting to to open more and more of the arena up which I think is obviously and they' they're moving the structure of the show around like the the entrances are from different areas and things like that I think so they can fit as many people as possible while still keeping it a, a quality product which is a problem that neither of us uh, if we were promoters would even think about so
1: (laughs) very nice oh mate they're, they're kicking all the goals the production's great the fights are sensational high level you know what i mean it's it's promising as such a fan of australian mma to see the level of mma that's coming through you know what i mean even guys that haven't got the 10 plus fights two and three fights are just looking like world beaters it's uh it's very promising
0: and if i can say this about eternal eternal is doing a really good job at taking guys that are maybe 2-0, and 3-0, maybe 3-1, and and I go, mm, I'm not too sure if they're top level yet, you know, maybe a few more tests. And they kind of almost have thrown them in the deep end a little bit with perfect matchmaking that has just highlighted some of these guys. Like, we'll go into all these fights individually, but guys like Seb Saleh, the emergence, oh. the, the sort of stage that they gave Quillen killed. Like, some of these guys are coming out now, to even like a Frank Jankowski. Like, the way that they are making these guys look, I don't know how they're doing it. Like, I don't know if, it, if it's the plan, you know, i.e. build this guy up X, Y, Z, then give him this fight or... And they're just dealing with what they've got in front of them, but they're they're making these guys look like stars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on, mate. Whoever's doing the matchmaking down there is, uh, he's on point. You have got the right stylistic matchups and, and even in saying that it's the right, uh, sort of linear matchups too. the right people are fighting the right people to get. So we're getting the, the spearhead in the divisions. So yeah. everything, it's stick, sticking all boxes.
0: And I mean, we'll, we'll go from, you know, main event down, which we normally do. Every other card goes up, but when we break it down, we always go top to bottom. <laughs> but I think uh, Cam, Eternal, Ben, whoever made it, deserves a round of applause for the opponent that they got Quillen killed. Now, we have been critical of the past of bringing in internationals that doesn't really mean much. We'd rather see them fight Australians and yada, yada. They found a way to have that, victory for Quillen mean as much as beating Togo, as much as beating Becker, as much as beating Martinez? Like, I don't know how they did it, but it was, and, and maybe maybe you'd be a, a good guy to sort of break this one down, but how difficult is it to go out there and find an international guy, an American in Thailand and make that a competitive fight? Uh, it wasn't competitive in terms of like, Result in what we saw, but like I don't think people realise how tough you have to be to have survived what Quill and killed did.
1: Oh, yeah, spot on. And again, you and I have been utmost critical about that. But it, you can speak for yourself. It didn't have the same feel as um random guy from the middle, middle of Asia somewhere popping in. You yeah, know what I mean, I'm not sure whether I don't think it's a nationality thing so much as far as. You know, this guy had a few different credentials. We had a little bit of a backing story with him. We could see some, I could see some footage of him, see his background and he's grappling with his son. But I go, you know, this guy's got some legit mm. skills. So I was able to build my own uh, storyline with it, my own story arc coming into the fight. So I knew, I knew the challenges that's, that Quinlan had to get over. So the the fight did mean something. You know what I mean? 1000% I was um, a parcel towards Quinlan. I didn't want to see no international come in and spoil mm. one of our boys so i was only i was only cheering in the one direction so i was happy with the result but it did it did have a different feel to some of those other matchups we talked about
0: there were a very interesting thing especially from from me uh, i mean I, I was like if i can get invested maybe everyone else can as well so obviously i interviewed him not an australian but i was like i want to chat to his opponent uh, brett pastori and learning about him was was incredible like i actually really got a, an insight to a point where i felt like maybe concerned for quillen to take this fight because i was like this guy's really switched on he's really (sighs) credentialed and then to see what quillen did i think it, it wasn't he could have fought like you said three internationals from asia in a row and it wouldn't have done what that fight did um for quillen so hats i mean hats off to the matchmakers like you said because that i think that really highlighted quillen
1: yeah, spot on. I'd be interesting to see if you had the same sort of um, squint moment that I did. I believe it was the start of the third, not the fourth. So um, so the, if I was going to critique, like, you, you, how could you not give Quinlan just A+, plus, A+, plus, A+. Plus? He looked amazing. He He showed skills that I hadn't seen too much of before. He's just an absolute gun. Big for lightweight. He's massive. But one thing I was a little bit worried about at the start as that fight was going on, particularly in the first and second round, as much as Quinlan was just stooging him, was his pacing seemed a little bit off. It, it looked like a real quick, maybe three-round fight pace, and he was really burning out. look like, geez, he's pushing hard to that finish, which I get. But I, I, I hope he's aware this is a five-round fight. And then in the start of the third, I believe it was, uh, Pastore came sprinting yeah. across the cage and shot a double. And I thought to myself, oh, no, this guy's really switched on. And he's gone and Homer Simpson's Quinlan, <laughs> and he's gone and laid back, taking a beating, and tried to get him to tie himself out. And, and luckily, about halfway through the round, um, Quinlan reversed, got back on top, just kept working for the next three. But I tell you what, I, I had a real bit of a come to Jesus moment then, and going, "Oh my God, I hope this isn't what I think it is."
0: Now. I feel like, Quillen, and I could be speaking out of turn and it could be recency bias as well, but I feel like Quillen has gone from, like, guy to watch, you know, a couple fights ago when he when he got the Blake Donnelly fight, and you go, yeah, you'll probably make the UFC, but, yeah, you'll see how he goes, to he's got that, like, Nolan, Della, obviously Nolan hasn't done the things Jack Della has done just yet, but, like, that Tom Nolan, Jack Della type of rub. So when we finally do see Quillen, I feel like he will already be sort of crafted in the UFC the the way that and they don't they don't pick fights but they do almost have some form of like roadmap for them and I feel like what Quillen's shown in the last couple of fights the UFC is not just looking at him they're looking at how to plan out his career
1: yeah spot on I can tell you right now if you were a local guy you would have much rather fought him before that last fight like he is yeah. gonna he's gonna level up two or three levels just because of that fight five rounds. High-paced, uh, quality opponent. He's going to go up another two levels, and he was already at a sensational level prior. And
0: I think it's good he's got the belt because if he didn't have the belt, I don't think he gets a fight. I don't think anyone takes that fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I wouldn't
1: be. Ju- yeah, local guys won't be jumping at it. Where
0: <laughs> the eternal, and this is something that Eternal has over any other promotion in Australia. And I love, I love hex and their belts mean stuff, but. An eternal belt is starting to mean, I'm going to the UFC.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a um. Oh, I was, to, I was going to throw a Harry Potter um reference in there. What's those stupid things they touch and they portal somewhere else? I should know this. It's my bloody name. So A, a port key. Yeah, it's a real. It's a port key. The uh, <laughs> look at me go. Chase. The old uh, eternal belt. It's a port key straight to the UFC, isn't it?
0: It really is. I mean, especially in the flyway a um, uh, championship as well. I believe like everyone that has touched that flyweight belt, I mean, I could be wrong here, but I believe everyone that has touched that flyweight belt has hit the UFC to some degree.
1: Mm. Yeah. Spot on.
0: Yeah. So spot on. Quillen, if we're, if we're grading this a plus. It's hard
1: to go again. Again, I was, you know, I think he'll learn better with his pacing, but like, it's hard to say at the start, I was saying it as if I was watching the fight, but then you watch him finish the way he finished. Like, and he dominated nearly yeah. every minute. Like, That'd be an unfair uh, adaption. But I think w- when I say pacing, I think he'll be able to interval himself a little bit where he'll be able to burst at the right time to get the finish next time. If Again, that is being so critical to the T. You know what I mean? He did everything he, he could to finish, not to finish that guy. So, um yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, A plus is about about the, the score I'd give that kid.
0: Yeah, I think I think that decision gets him more pro uh more pressed than it does a finish. I think I think that did more for his career going five rounds than it did finishing him. Um I also think Brett Pastore, mate, uh we had a JJ Ambrose uh, an adopted American leave. Uh I would I would I would very much like to see Pastore oh. return to Australia and, and have a lot of fights here.
1: I hundred percent. I love him on the local scene. He brings a lot to it. He's going to be a huge trouble for a lot of guys on the local scene. The, the, that level of grappling, you know what I mean. If you if you haven't got cardio plus good defensive grappling coming out your wazoo, you're in a lot of trouble with
0: that bloke. I, I'll say something. I'll say a big call here. I reckon once Quillan moves on, I reckon we could see Pastore if he does fight again here. I reckon we could see him champion of Eternal.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You think about the matchups; those upper echelon guys—you know, your Martinez's, your Togos, your Beckers—all those guys. Mix that. I'd watch those.
0: And uh, look, we move on on over to the Australian uh, flyweight uh, championship, the Australian MMA flyweight championship. Like we said, you touch that, you're basically in the UFC. Not only did Anthony Drilich touch it, that was yeah. a that was a one sided beating, really, from start to finish.
1: Yeah, and it. It went exactly how I thought it was going to go, but on the other side of the coin. <laughs> so a few people asked me my predictions, and I thought, you know what? If I was going to make predictions, I do it live. I think Kowski might outwork him and get a late sub. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, Drillich outworked him and got a late sub.
0: Yeah, it's. Just, I think it was incredibly surprising as well. Like we said, like I I think the the Anthony Drillich's last fight, I think it was Jamie Renouf. Uh, Where he didn't have that super convincing, I think, split decision victory at Bantam. I think that turned us all off a little bit. And now I had some chats with Anthony uh, before uh, this fight and, you you know, they never make excuses, but I believe he was quite sick. There was a lot going into that into that that fight. But I think that turned me off where Jankowski has been so crisp and so yeah. dominant his entire career. I think I was a little bit swayed and, and I've known Anthony for for many years and I even picked Jankowski. I, I just thought he was going to, and like we said, Drillich with the power, maybe, maybe catches him type thing, but Jankowski by decision. And I think Drillich just told us all to shove it. And yeah. uh, he put on an absolute clinic.
1: Yeah, and rightly, and rightly so, mate. This is why I don't make picks because the sport's just, just ridiculous. You just don't know how it's going to play out. But he, he just dominated every facet. He touched that kid. And again, Jenkowski, the, the one credit you can give him for it, and I'm sure he's not overly stoked with his performance, the one credit you give to him is his amazing chin because Drillich just oh, touched him. like oh, That straight gosh. left. Oh, just like it was zoned in. He could, th- <sighs> he could have closed his eyes and thrown it and hit him. It was just unbelievable.
0: And... I was actually impressed. I'll say this though. Um, Jankowski, I still feel like there's a lot to, it it's that that thing of levels, right? Like you take anyone that's not Drillich, Jankowski is whooping them and whooping them in spectacular fashion. And Drillich, I think, showed him that there's that little bit extra he's got to go. But is striking. I did not know he was so fluid on the feet. His, he,
1: it was, a, I suppose, we, we all know he's grappling accolades. He's, that's, you know, that's his bread and butter. He had a real up and a plus and minus night with his striking. His offensive striking looked really great. He puts combos together well. He's he's kicking dexterity. is really good. His defense really looked lacking.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what I mean? Not only the ability to cover shot, but just his reading of shots and and staying on center line, just a few little basic things that really could have, and not making the adjustments as the fight went on. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where he's got an amazing gin. He got the show but it's, as far as things you want to be known for in MMA, that's not the top of the list.
0: So what do you think? He goes away. You're Steve Walton, down his head coach, his gym. You get Jankowski on Monday morning. Like what's the main thing you, you, you're you addressing?
1: Uh, a lot of a lot of boxing. A lot of boxing, defense movement. You know what I mean? He's His offensive striking against great, but I think he likes to play his trade more in the grappling. The number one thing you've got to worry about on the feet then is not getting hit.
0: Hmm. You
1: know what I mean? He'll come against guys that are far better than him on... You know what I mean on the on the feet, but he he'll be able to school on the ground. Your number one good is not getting hit. You know, getting him doing the boxing rounds, getting that head movement movement down, some cutting some more angles, all those sort of things. You know, he can't be getting touched as much as he, he did. You know, what I mean, he's but again, he's already one of those guys that's gonna level up two or three levels just from that one fight.
0: And now, in talking of uh, who does like a Drillich face next type of thing, I mean, do you think in your in your honest opinion that uh, Anthony Drillich is is UFC ready? Um, yeah, that's a big step. The the
1: only issue is, is the, you know, the shallow nature of the flyaway division. You and I had a quick chat, you know, if there is possibilities from cross motions, there's another flyaway kicking around out there that it's in a very similar boat, prob- probably a step above uh, Drillich as far as the call up. But if, you know, if somehow the uh, the MMA gods can uh, create their own arena and we get Nickel and Drillich, I would absolutely sit down and watch that bout.
0: That's right, Stewie Nichol, Anthony Drillich. I think cool. I think that is definitely the fight to make. You know what I'm also liking from Drillich as well is, and I don't know the back end of of. of I know that uh, Ben Vickers is a, a credible coach, especially at managing like talent and not egos, but but guys that have brands. He's really good at, at at um just managing that where no one you never see a guy leave scrappy because there was a problem in the gym or a problem with the car. It just doesn't happen. However. There are guys that have their own gyms and uh, like Drillich with, with his uh, Becca Rod Costa, like they're, they're all kind of managing their own gyms, but still coming together like a super yeah. camp. And, and that's credit obviously to, to, to Ben and how he runs that. But um, I wanted to highlight that because obviously Drillich had his, his gym opening and you know, there's a stress when you're opening your own gym and, oh, yeah. and whatnot. And then he goes and, and wins the flyweight belt. Uh, he then uh, he he then kind of bounces around with with Scrappy as well, obviously training and, and managing that. Another guy that is also juggling running a gym and training is the one and only Wes Kappa.
1: Oh mate, just I was waiting, I was just waiting for this moment just to get to, as I pointed out, pre match, mate. I'd watch that man fight a three hundred pound penguin, just <laughs> long as he's in that cage. And what a what a performance, you know, what I mean? He was just.
0: It, now he had about three or four opponents change, uh, leading up to I believe the weight class changed like three or four times. Once again, credit to Eternal for just working so hard to find a replacement. It's not as simply, it's not as simple as people think. Where you just pick up the phone, you give it a call, and especially a guy like Wes Kappa, like who's fighting Wes Kappa on like three days' notice.
1: Yeah, spot on spot on it, you,
0: and you, you can't find
1: it yeah no and the, the young young fella came in and put on a great performance he didn't come in and lay down you know what i mean huge taekwondo background and, and throughout it was he was really tricky and i i can actually see where's being patient and having to find his reads because he was having a lot of trouble with all those kicks flying everywhere timing his uh his entries it was a, it was a really strategic sort of start to that fight
0: yeah, Kevin Paras, big, big, uh, big round of applause for, for him for just yeah. even stepping up. Did you know Wes Kappa, and this sounds kind of stupid, but did you know Wes Kappa had that much power?
1: Oh, I haven't been hit by him. In fact, Christ, but uh, <laughs> I, I suspect it was in there somewhere. I, I talk a lot about with our students when it comes to the, the striking grapple, everything about posture. Mate, he is, you watch him, he's, he's so strong and sturdy without being stiff. Yeah. Like just his general posture, it just looks amazing. And I, I remember sending you the message saying, geez, I would pay money to go watch him and, uh, and, uh, old Jack Dalla mixing up in the gym just for some rounds. That, that would be just enjoyable to watch those guys, uh, getting some rounds in together.
0: Now, he wants to make the light, so he wants a lightweight fight, obviously, to prove he can make the lightweight <laughs> limit. Uh, and then he, he doesn't see a problem with, with getting a title shot. Now, Unfortunately, with the lightweight, you've got so many fighters. You've got so many guys. However, think about this: they all train together, right? Let's say Jack Becker wins; he's taken on Kieran Joblam this weekend. Now, let's say he wins; he's he's next in Perth, February. Quillen Saulkille, Jack Becker. It, that, that's hundred percent going to happen because I have a brain, and that just <laughs> that's that's got to happen, right? Wes Kappa is not going to then step in and fight Jack Becker. They're the no. best of mates, right? But there is a promotion that I'm aware of that doesn't have a lightweight champion. Hex. Look, I'm just well, saying, there's a guy that I think I would like to see him fight.
1: Oh, please, please do it. Drop it. Please drop it. Please.
0: Wes Kappa. For the Hex Lightweight Title versus Josh Togo. Done,
1: done. <laughs> sign me up. All my money, uh, all my money.
0: March. Make sign it... me up. Like it's gotta. I I think it's gonna happen. That that would be oh, a hell of a fight.
1: Oh my God! I will wash both their cars for a year <laughs> if they just fight each other. I t- please just let that happen. Josh Togo West. Oh my God! Just make it happen somewhere, wherever, uh, on a ma- beach. I don't care,
0: Ugh, mate. That would be an absolute cracker of a flight. Are you convinced that? Uh, now, Wes Cap has mentioned it a little bit. Are you convinced that he has done enough? Yes, so yeah, I'm just give a hug. All oh, right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, back off.
1: What was your um, thoughts on uh, Eternal? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care as long as you, I think you was just cruising for ice cream. Hundred <laughs> percent, and do you know what? It's going to be another scenario, similar to a Becker scenario. Um, I'm I'm massive fanboy. I'm Wes. Mm. I'm Wes Kappa Team one hundred and one. So, um, yes, it, what he says is one hundred percent true. The backlog of fight experience that bloke's got, he does. He does get to jump a bit. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, I understand that a lot of his work hasn't been done as of recent, but the backlog of, of work that he's done, he's come back now. He's got two great wins. All right. hundred percent I agree. Let's get one at the weight class against the top contender. Then he's a title pitcher. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I I think I think that's that's easy. I think almost I know this it won't get it won't get planned out this way, but have him in Perth in February, have him fight at lightweight, have him win that title fight on Hex in March.
1: Oh my God. That you talk about like matchups that just get me so excited! Oh my! God. I'd be, I'd be. If mean, that was, just, they couldn't name it too far ahead because I'd be going to bed every night just thinking about that. Just, <laughs> it'd, it'd ruin my life. I'd lose my job. My wife would divorce me. No, it'd be it, just. It ruined my life.
0: And in saying that, I do like when guys take fights on three days' notice. I feel like they deserve to get their flowers as well. I feel like let's get Kevin Paras in there, uh, uh, give him a good fight, give yeah. him some good stage. He he deserves it. Let's see what let's see what he has. <laughs> Um, another guy that has a crazy backlog. Um, and uh had to sort of get back in there. The one and only Dan Jones, White Chocolate, eight and O, four and a half four and a half years ago, then steps up to take on Seb Saleh, who I believe was four and one at the time. Uh originally trained by of the Hulk, then Hun Martial Arts, I believe spent some time at Wolves Den with Steve Walden, but now at the uh the great freestyle with sorry, mate. Marquez. give me two two
1: seconds though, brother. Go for it. Go. Go to you now. If I hear you again, big trouble. Go. Okay. Yo. Hang on to kids.
0: They're great, mate. Hang on to kids. Kyle Noak uh messaged me this morning. He sent me a voicemail, a uh, voice message, uh, because John Martin Fraser was on the podcast. This is a side story. I'm keeping all of this in. Um he goes, he I'm literally sick. goes, uh, because I go, how do you want to be remembered? Or like, no, so I go, what what advice uh do you want has Kyle Noak ever given you? And John Martin Fraser's like, Oh, I couldn't he couldn't really think of too much. But then um then he goes, uh like Kyle Noak listens to it. And then he call he like sends me a voice memo in the morning and he goes, I don't know why John Martin Fraser didn't say this. He's like, but the best advice I ever gave him is that when you're having a piss, when you stop, you gotta get your two fingers underneath like your taint and push, and that immediately stops it with no trickle. So that was my voice note from Kyle Noak at six in the morning.
1: Whatever advice Noak is handing out I'm taking it, because I just saw you just put a picture up the other day of him finishing a workout, and he's he's take, talking about taking the piss. He's taking the piss, mate. You're retired, <laughs> all right? Don't be looking like that. He's got his shirt off, all right? Well,
0: he, He's the main training partner for John Martin Fraser for this Eternal MMA Middleweight Championship bout, and I believe he is still putting it on, Mr. Fraser.
1: Of course he would be. Jamming, jamming. Do you know what I was thinking we were t- I was talking about it. I can't remember I was talking to. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm doing a bit of more grappling now, and I want to, you know, I'll do a few more grappling matches. That and they people talking about who you, I say. Oh, do you know what? I wouldn't mind. We can organise it. I have a grapple with uh, with Noke. That'd be a good one. That'd be good fun. Then I saw that picture the other day. <laughs> now I don't worry so much about the grapple, but I refuse to be in an enclosed area with a man looks like that. If we have to some at some stage, take our shirts off. My my fragile ego, couldn't handle that, all right? I would much rather a man choke me out. I'll throw the fight as long as we get to keep our shirts on.
0: (laughs) Oh, mate, he is... uh, is, Look, I'd love to see him back just for a laugh. (laughs) 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 But, mate, on the uh, the Dan Jones-Seb Saleh fight, I mean, I think... Speaking of, uh, as I said at the top of the podcast, with Eternal giving guys platforms and turning them into superstars, I think they have turned Seb Saleh from a, a three and two fighter, that guy that kind of bounces around, has fights here and there. They have turned him into a legitimate contender.
1: Yeah, he's another one. I don't think anyone's going to be knocking the door down to fight, mate. Like he's a he's a nightmare matchup. You know what I mean? His style.
0: Yeah, five and one. His style
1: and everything. He's just. He moves. His defense. His takedown defense is good. He's so hard to time and defeat with that karate background. I wasn't. I couldn't tell whether Jones had the ring rust or he's just. He just couldn't quite figure out Sally's movement. It was a hard one.
0: Yeah, he is very tricky. I mean, he was eight and no, but that was four and a half years ago. He is thirty three. He did rely heavily on his athleticism back on the day and his work ethic. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would like to think it's just ring rust. I'd like to see Dan Jones back in there as quick as possible. We're about to yeah, see. Yeah, why Yeah, and and just sort of and see what he can do there. Seb Sale though, making the, the the trip of training at freestyle in uh in Windang just the the most perfect move. Um is there anyone you'd like to see Saleh's only had a his only career loss has been against um oh <gasps> sorry, his only loss has been against Abdallah Beata. I just had a thought.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: Sam Sam Kikembo, I believe, is still looking for an opponent for November eighteenth for Hex.
1: Yeah, you did drop that to me the other day, and I and I, I don't hate it. That'd be a curious matchup, isn't it? You know, we got we got to see a little bit more of Sam's grappling accolades. Yeah, which I was really impressed with. Mate, give me one more stitch. Go. He's back, mate. If you hear some, if you hear someone about someone. Getting rid of two children, hundred percent, one of me, all right. Yeah, it's right, weird. Daughter-
0: it's weird you put it on mute. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Dads will know." The dads no, will
1: know. I get it.
0: <laughs> mate, I get it. My daughter's starting to talk a lot more, and um, it, a lot of it is just screaming and crying, which I love. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, pretty much. Speaking of screaming and crying, uh, that's what I would have to do if I was in the cage with Seb Saleh and <laughs> Sem kakembo That that's a good fight. I think. I think that fight. I did hear through the grapevine that hex potentially could be keeping an eye on on these eternal fights for this very reason
1: oh well you, you couldn't imagine not you know what i mean the pool the pools are so much deeper than they were as far as australian mma mm. even in the pro ranks but um but it's not that once you get to the you know the spearhead of each division that gets pretty thin And when you want those good matchups if the promotions are chasing the proper good matchups you have to you have to look across the other the other side of the fence to uh which you know which people are leading the weight classes
0: the only other option i reckon the, what that makes sense is maybe maybe the winner of philpot and um diego perro no diego, per- no, diego per- Luke jones uh philpot and loga loga that's it i reckon yeah, that's
1: a good one that's a good one too
0: yep yeah, they could come up who knows any of those work. Um, I like that as well. Did you Did you catch the first bout of Eternal MMA eighty? Uh, Julian Giustiano versus Ryan Cooper.
1: Yeah, yeah. Those look. Those guys are obviously a little bit fresher, and they are both debuting for their MMA yep. careers. Yeah. But, but it, again, where it warms my heart as much as you know, they're not to the level of some of the other guys you mentioned already tonight. The level of guys that are making their pro debut because of the amateur ranks now, it's just unbelievable. Like they've got skills in all areas. They can grapple, they can strike, they can, you know, they can wrestle. It was, It's really impressive to see guys of that sort of lineage still have that amount of skill.
0: Yeah. Now, mate, before I let you run, there's a few little uh, topics that we've got to cover off. I can't even remember. We've been chatting for that long. I can't even remember if we actually covered this. The Eternal MMA Walter White title bout.
1: Oh, my God. I messaged, you. I messaged
0: you straight away. Oh, straight away. I actually was, uh, like, I had to pause it to go and do something. Oh. And then when I, and you you messaged me, and all I checked my phone, and all I had was Crazy Horse versus Alden Bates. And I was like, oh, no. And then I went and checked. And you know a lot of uh, rumors and fights don't get past me these days. That one did. I was talking to Alden Bates literally, like, two days before the show. He did yeah. not let it slip. Ah, uh, when I was talking to Frank Jankowski, oh. that is a that is a, a, a secretive man. But mate, that is an incredible fight.
1: How good is that fight? That's up there too. That's gonna that's gonna cost me some sleep. And I and I'm gonna do a sidestep while we're talking because this is the perfect sort of thing. I was I was talking again to uh, our commentator from the weekend, Matty Williams. Him and I were chatting, and I was saying how I was going to discuss tonight. We've got to organise that uh, that Australian MMA version of uh, the fight campaign. Yep. And I and I was saying, I was saying it was, it's gotta be me and Mitch, and I reckon you'd be a good adaptation, but I don't know about fourth. You know, I've seen that fourth. And then I was busting my mind about it. I thought, you know, it'd be a great fourth. And you I think you you'd know this gentleman a bit better than me. I've only I think I've only met him in passing. Mr. Uh, Mr. Blake um oh, excuse me. Is it Blake not Blake Shepherd? Blake Richardson. Blake Richardson, there you go. Yeah. Mr. Blake Richardson. Yeah. I met him, only met him in passing. Uh, I thought he'd be great. He's, he's a comedian as well, isn't he? Yes.
0: Yeah. He's, uh, and he trains, trains a little bit at Scrappy as well. So oh, the only
1: curse I would have if, if he was going to be the fourth is he's not allowed to sit next to me. <laughs> <laughs> because again, like the exact opposite to reason to so that I'm friends with
0: Dan Kelly. Yeah
1: is that man's too good looking and i'm not going to be sat next to him and and had to point out how unattractive i am
0: yeah but as the more unattractive you are the better at fighting you are because he goes dan (laughs) kelly cal (laughs) potter blake richardson (laughs) So exact exact same thing um no i'm i'm loving that i'm loving that right out fight with with Alden bates uh i just i i think he gets this he's he's back on track to you know he had that Glenn Pettigrew, Jack Della, sort of skid, got injured. He would be back on track of being where he belongs, which is which is right at the top um, of the welterweight division. Um, speaking of uh, y- your boy, your boy Bones, um, what were your thoughts on the commentary? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, I, loved, I liked I, I, it. You know it was different. I'm, I'm
1: so partial towards Matty Williams. I love the way he gets it done. I'm a big fan of um of Big T, when Big T's in there as well as the, as the, the runner. You know, when you have your commentary teams, you need your runner. You need your special special ops guy. Um, again, names escape me. Young fella that I was working with Matty,
0: uh, Brett, uh, Brett Bonetti.
1: Yep, he's great. Does a good job. Certainly not throwing shade on him, but I, I, love, I love T. I love when big T's in there. T. I've worked with T, and he's so easy to work with. He keeps it so fluent, and uh, allows you as a and Matty does it really well as well. Just allows you as a as a sort of a special commentator guy to be a bit silly.
0: Yeah, he's definitely not young. It's a Very old man, <laughs> um, but uh, the funny thing is, too, is uh, uh, the reason why you bring up that is uh, your, your boy Matty Williams uh, uh sent a question in. He said, Because I was asking people questions to, to ask when he came on, he said, If the rock star and Wes Kappa had a band, what would their number one hit be called? Oh, Jesus,
1: Wes Kappa, and Jesus, oh, mate. Why does he ask stupid questions man? anyway? It's just why it makes him a good commentator. As long as the number one hit wasn't him hitting me, I don't care.
0: <laughs> now, mate, uh, like I said, before I do let you go, uh, if you could grade that eternal show, um, and we like to do this of going into the show what you thought it was gonna be on paper, and then yeah. what it ended up being. What would what would you give it?
1: Uh, I gave the the lead up. A solid, solid B plus, being very stingy, and it finished being an A. It was just everything I needed out of a fight show. Again, not the just bleed, just not wall to wall just bleed moments, not wall to wall just bleed moments, but good fights like that. But then some solid, just high level MMA. Like it, I, I like to watch shows as if I was think thinking about the UFC or mm. international people watching Australian MMA it's yeah. being represent, represented. I'm going. I'm happy to hang my hat on that. If someone's going, tell you what, the MMA down in Australia looks all right at the
0: moment. And uh final one, mate. Uh this weekend, uh, November fourth, uh, turn MMA eighty one. We've got the middleweight championship, uh, John Martin Fraser, Brogan Anson. we got Jack Becker, Joblin, we got Marfan, <laughs> we got Stanoff, we got Pereira, we got Jones, we got Philpot. we got Logar. What a cracking way to finish the year. Eternal. Look, I was Jeez. critical. And some crap happened at 78 and 79, but my God, they have put themselves back on top. And you know, I love Hex, but I think this last little run from Eternal... Has really like they're still number one, man. They are, I mean, we still got a hex card to go, but they are still number one with what they've delivered with these last two cards. But what is the fight you're looking forward to the most? Oh, mate,
1: that's it's like, mate, that's making me pick my famous, my favorite Swedish netballer, mate. Like, that's (laughs) just not fair. That card's just ridiculous, like, just top to finish. Those two two big boys at the top, you know, I'm number one fan, Jack Beck, team Becker. So seeing him back in Joblin, I love, you know what I mean? Absolute stalwart of the game. Marfan, absolute freak. Never had a boring fight. He's like, where do you want me to start? Philpott back in there. Logo. Oh my God. Those two are going to, th- oh, stop it. Stop this it. My
0: my pick. I'll give you my pick. It's, it's Philpott, Logar. That fight means the most. Both of these boys have had yes. like a resurgence. And I reckon the winner of this, I know it sounds crazy. Goes on to win a belt. I love
1: it. I love it. we Big things. It's a big thing podcast, all right, mate. We're making big things happen, oh, and uh, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree. Love, you know it. what I mean. Love, logo. Love, love Philpott. Real big fan of Philpott, so love to see those guys just get right back into it.
0: You're the absolute best, Callan, the rock star Potter, mate. Thanks for your time. Go yell at your children.
1: <laughs> Thanks, brother. Catch you guys. See you, mate. See you, mate.